Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Delilah Panio. I'm Vice President of U.S. Capital Formation for Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange based in Southern California. Welcome to TSX Presents, the podcast. This is where we have conversations with capital markets leaders from around the world and to gain insights from the influential decision makers and visionary entrepreneurs helping to shape the future business landscape. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to give a brief overview of how TSX and TSX Venture Exchange are increasingly becoming a viable capital option for high-growth U.S. companies like our guests today from Eurobay Brands. Last year, 18 U.S. companies listed on TSX and TSX Venture, choosing what we call the public venture capital route as an alternative to private venture capital options. And despite these turbulent market conditions, several U.S. companies continue to explore listing on TSX and TSXV this year, as our guest today did. I'm super excited about today's episode. I don't know if I'm allowed to say I have a favorite um, company that I've worked with, but these guys would certainly be in the top 10. As the two co-founders, Carrie and Todd Gibson of Yearbay Brands are here to share their story. Based in Phoenix, Yearbay delivers plant-based energy drinks without the spike or crash. Carrie and Todd are pioneering the energy beverage category. Yearbay listed on TSX Venture in February of this year. Welcome, Carrie and Todd. Thank you, Delilah. Happy to be here. We are so excited to be here with you. Awesome. Well, I love to start our podcast with the origin story. So tell us about how Yearbay got started, where you both were at the time, and who had the idea to launch this beverage company. So for me, I was in the recycling industry, and I just sold the company after 10 years of building it, up to 300 employees, and we recycled almost a billion pounds of materials. So as you can imagine, it was a run and a day and night job, and the company took lots of energy drinks to get there and processed food on the fly. So our first goal after selling that company was to clean up our diet, and that's what we did. Our first goal was to clean up our diet, and then what inspired us to start the brand basically was we took a food sensitivity test and a lot of people are starting to learn about inflammation and you know we wanted to measure how much inflammation was in our body and get healthier so like I said after 10 years of running and Todd and I both were drinking traditional energy drinks like two three a day lots of sugar lots of artificial stuff so when we took that inflammation test we found that the results weren't pretty we were off the charts inflamed And the first thing that we were going to do is cut out energy drinks. So when we couldn't find a replacement, we went into the market looking everywhere. We couldn't find something that tasted good, that had zero sugar, and didn't include artificial ingredients. And we couldn't find it. So we found a gap in the marketplace. And that's when we decided to take Todd's experience in the beverage space and to create our own, one that had zero sugar and minimal ingredients. And Delilah, crazy enough, when we came up with the concept, the first customer that we actually approached about it was Costco. And we said, hey, would you mind if we came in and demoed in your clubs thinking that we were going to get 100% no, not a chance? And sure enough, they said yes. And boy, what did we find out? We found out that there were tons of people that were just like us that were looking for a healthier alternative. And and back when we launched the company in 2017, there really weren't many options down here in the U.S. And we truly became pioneers and created, from our knowledge, the very first caffeinated sparkling water in the marketplace. And, And obviously, the rest is history now. 
What an incredible way to launch the company. That's really, really exciting. So maybe just touch on sort of what trends you're seeing that are happening in this energy beverage category, and especially that requires the external capital, because that's when we'll start talking about the funding story. For sure. The consumer is changing. The landscape of beverage from when we launched the first energy drink in North America back in in the mid-90s to today, it's changed. And the consumer post-COVID, they had time on their hands. They started reading the back of their labels, their cans, their bottles, the products that they were consuming. And we truly believe that the consumer has become dissatisfied with the current offerings that are available in the marketplace. And and quite frankly, the brands that we compete against, they're old brands. They're giant brands, but they're old. They've been around for a long time. And we found this sweet spot of this consumer that's looking for a healthier for you alternative beverage to like the big CPG companies that are out there, the Monsters, the Red Bulls, Celsius, brands like that that have been around for a long time and also too at the same time. They've been the same product for that entire timeline. And we believe by putting forward a healthier for you alternative into the marketplace and being one of the first ones to deliver that into that marketplace, that we can really stand out on that shelf. We're new, we're exciting, we're innovative, and we can really connect to the consumer using these incredible eye-popping visual appeals and delicious tasting products. And really, Carrie coined this phrase so well, but at the end of the day, The product should be clean, it should be simple, and it should be delicious. And if you can hit all of those buckets, you stand a very strong likelihood of winning in the beverage industry space. The other thing I would add, too, is that we were going through maybe the first year when we created the brand, we were on keto. It was Our beverage has always been compliant with keto, with paleo, with gluten-free. Obviously, we're water, but sometimes there's added things in there that have gluten in them. Diabetics can have our product. So we're compliant with all the trendy diets too, which is we thought was really important. Well, and I love from looking at your marketing, your branding, you guys are just in my mind genius at what you're doing and how you're partnering with the CrossFit community. So maybe just talk a little bit about what you're doing with your branding and how you have seen the incredible growth from a scale and a revenue perspective. If you don't mind to touch on that, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about that. Well, hey, look, we're going to coin the phrase that Delilah called us geniuses. So we are (laughs) all in on that for sure. At the end of the day, you know, when we went public, right, that was a big moment. But going all the way back to when we first started this thing, you know, in 2017, Carrie and I, we were the funding source. We were the money. You know, we'd taken gains from our previous ventures and applied it back into this business. And fast forward a couple of years And we did our first private fundraise and let's call it a friends and family round because that's essentially what it was, except we had some very meaningful influencers that came in that friends and family round. So we had successful entrepreneurs that built restaurant chains. We had successful VCs that have invested into some incredible companies. And then we also had, you know, the co-founder of Sprouts Farmers Market, a publicly traded company called Performance Food Group had invested into our company and the two-time fittest woman of the world, Annie Thor's daughter, had also invested into our company. So, so we were building these incredible momentums. But what really happened that really changed the trajectory of how we thought about the marketplace and raising capital, it came during the COVID timeframe. And during that timeframe, not that VCs were drying up or PEs were drying up, but it was very difficult to meet with people. And the landscape was changing so fast to where 
every meeting was an in-person meeting to every meeting turned into a Zoom meeting. Carrie and I had this vision that we would join a regulation CF crowdfunding round uh, on a platform called Start Engine. And what ended up happening was magic. We were the first beverage company in the history of regulation crowdfunding to max out the eligible round that you could raise through that type of a platform. And it happened rather quickly. And what we discovered was a new level of magic that we've just brought into the business. Each of these shareholders that we brought in, not only did they become investors into the company, but they've become our most loyal customers. And we picked up over 1,200 retail investors through that platform. And that opened our eyes and said, oh my gosh, how can we allow our audience to truly become owners in the company? And as Carrie and I, we were ideating this and and Delilah, obviously, you know this story very well because this involves you at this part. We contacted our lawyer and our, our lawyer, as we were exploring different options, he said, hey, look, I'd like to introduce you to Delilah from the TSX and you may want to give this uh, some consideration. And then sure enough, Delilah, you were kind enough to put on a TSX deal day to where we met the bankers, the brokers, right, potential funding sources, so on and so forth. And the rest is history. We knew at that point that we could connect with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people by following this type of process. And we are so excited to explore it that we ended up meeting Roth Capital through the TSX. Now, we had known Roth Capital from the U.S. side, but not on the Canadian side. And we ended up partnering with Roth, ran the process, received a whole bunch of term sheets, right? Some to keep us private, some to take us public. And then, of course, we landed on one that, that brought us public on the TSXV, right? You know, with your leadership, Delilah. And we were, we were very excited to find it. And it has been truly beneficial because now we're speaking to a whole new audience. There's a whole new level of transparency and there's a whole new level of excitement around energy. Because if you really take a look at what's happening in the marketplace, the best performing stock, from my understanding, on the NASDAQ ever is a company that I was a part of back in 1996 called the Hanson's Energy, better known as Monster today. And you see it. It's not just Monster. Celsius is up there doing some incredible things. There are other beverage companies that are doing incredible things. There's an incredible amount of appetite and drive and desire from these investors to be a part of great quality companies. And, and we're so thankful, Delilah, that you introduced us to the TSX as well as to, to many of the participating members that are participating with us on this public offering. Well, there's so much to unpack there because, you know, it has been quite a journey and it does take us back to COVID when we at the exchange were scrambling of how do we continue to connect great companies with capital providers. And so we had our online deal day that you guys were a part of. And, and that's where you met some of the market participants. It's really important for us to get into the mindset of the founders. You know, you're a U.S. company sitting in Phoenix. You had lots of options. And, and then it was, you know, 2021 where everybody was getting funded. You were getting term sheets from private capital sources. You were going down the path of TSX Venture, which again, for U.S. companies, it's 
you know, why would you look at outside the biggest capital market in the world, the U.S., for your capital raising, your growth strategy? And so you had these options. I would just love to get in your mindset of as you literally are sitting in front of term sheets with valuations, especially in 2021, which were very robust, right, of why you ultimately thought this is the right path for you. And I know you touched on it in terms of a very incredible point, which is your biggest competitors are public companies. And so to be standing by them also as a public company. But I would love to hear a bit more of your mindset of your decision-making process. And, and for both of you, there's two of you making this decision about what's right for you, for your shareholders, for your customers. Yeah, what, I look, great question. And the answer to that is simple. We did not consider going public on the TSX. That was, it was never in the cards. It wasn't in the plans in any way, shape, or form. Carrie and I, we know only what we know. And that's, uh, you raise from PEs, you raise from VCs, you can go public on the OTC, the NASDAQ, the NYSE here in the U.S. I don't think we knew that it would ever be an option to have a company in the U.S. and go public in Canada. Like that was a big deal to know that that was even possible. So we knew there's a lot more beyond that, I think. And quite frankly, my opinion, maybe only, but I think Todd feels the same way is I felt like we would get swallowed up by the NASDAQ or the NYSE if we went to the U.S. market because we were so small and so much uncertainty around COVID too. Like you would, that's a giant market. And I felt like, you know, knowing you, being introduced to you, hearing the process and how it goes to go up to Canada and having you there assisting us, referring us to all these different professionals in Canada that we needed to make this ride as a success as it was. So I think having you as well made a big impact because the NASDAQ doesn't, I don't think they have that. So that was also a big, big decision-making moment for me. Well, also too, I'd, I'd like to add on top of that, that the way the TSX was hungry to bring a company like us up to the Canadian marketplace, it really opened our eyes to it. And, and we said, look, we should really look at this because the company is going to need ongoing capital. Right. To compete in this category, this is a very expensive and competitive category with thousands of beverage companies that are out there. And for us to compete, we're going to need capital to compete. So to find out that there was such a robust marketplace north of the border in Canada and, and to see the reception from the different potential funding sources that we had up there, we could tell quickly there's not a ton of great competitors for us up on that exchange. So we really, like Carrie was saying, we could really stand out in a crowd. And while we were a young company, we were growing fast and now we're growing even faster. And truth be told, it comes with the transparency of it. People put a lot of trust in that. So we're proud participants up there in the TSX. And it's a really good point that you make because it is truly one of the value propositions of the Canadian markets is that the Canadian investor base on TSX, TSX Venture are looking for unique stories that they're not necessarily getting out of Canada. And so whether those are companies like yours or technology companies or, or other kind of companies that in the U.S. exist, and there's a lot of, in our market, there's just fewer. So you get to be that bigger fish in the smaller pond and ultimately growing, creating shareholder value, increasing your revenue, and then, you know, ultimately what we'd love to see as you know, you graduating to Toronto Stock Exchange, and then when you're big enough and relevant enough, do a listing onto one of the larger U.S. exchanges. 
So now that you've been listed for a few months, tell us how it's going. This is not an easy time to be a public company or be running a small public company, especially small cap. So what? Uh, t- just tell us how the experience has been this year. Well, the experience for us, I don't know if it's mirrored others, but we've had a fantastic reception in the marketplace. There's a lot to learn, though. Right. So you go from being a private company to a public company. And truth be told, while Carrie and I have built many businesses, built them up and sold them, they were all private companies selling to either public companies or other private companies. So there was a lot to learn when we came up there. And there are some areas that we made some mistakes. And then there were other areas where it became evidently clear that the transparency of the exchange, the opportunities to connect with those shareholders, as well as to tell the story with a giant megaphone, just like we're doing right here, it gives our company an opportunity to elevate the awareness of our of our brand. And we couldn't be any more excited with with all the moving parts and pieces of the exchange. And and yes, it wasn't easy at first, but now that it's up and listed and we understand what the process was, I think the biggest challenge was just the fact that we didn't know. We just didn't know what we didn't know when we started the process. Now looking back, some of those stumbling blocks wouldn't even be hurdles any longer now that we understand the process. And maybe maybe talk a little bit about, about building out the team, right? This is a big, again, a big transition from going from a private company to a public company and how you built out your 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 public company board and your public company team so that really to increase your chance of success, both in operating the company and as a public company, which that's the big thing when you go public is you now have two things that you're doing, right? Actually running your company and then actually running the public company part of it. Yeah, that's a, that's the crazy part of it. You have two jobs and everyone tells you all along the way, you know this is two jobs now. <laughs> and every call, every Zoom, every meeting you're in with investors, you understand this. You have two jobs. You have the market job and you have running your company. So it does take a lot of time, but now we have the opportunity to offer and get better, higher qualified people working for us because we have all the packages that we can offer. As for, you know, when we're in front of investors, they know that they have a way to become liquid whenever they choose because now we're public. So it becomes a lot easier selling point, I think, to gain more people, good people, employee-wise. And the transparency that we offer, anybody can go check and balance anything that we say by looking at the exchange and all of our reporting that we put out there. So it creates a lot of trust and a lot of buy-in from people who might not have otherwise trusted the, the, the system or a small company. Well, Kara, if I could add on top of that, I mean, it's just the fact that raising capital in this public market, it's so much more efficient than using these private means. And there's an incredible amount of resources and assets that are out there that can help you raise these funds in a much more efficient manner. And and yes, you do have to pay them. So that is going to be a little different than you know a private company. But at the same time, the speed that you can access capital, the size of the capital that you can access, there's a larger appetite on the public side and in the specific audiences that we're speaking to. And it's been a fantastic reception that we've had so far. So what are you excited about being a public company? What do you think being a public company is going to be able to do for the growth of the company that you wouldn't have been able to do as a private company? I mean, we have a lot of partners now, whether it's investment bankers or shareholders, we have more shareholders. 
And that brand awareness is growing so much faster as a public company than it ever did as a private company. And you have people talking about you, sharing your story, sharing the fact that, hey, you should invest in this company. It's on the Toronto Exchange and or OTC. So we have two places now that people can invest. So now people in the US can easily invest. So that's exciting to think there's always somebody thinking about you or like the investment bankers. We just went on a I don't know if you call it a road show, like what the legal name is for it. But last week we were meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And just, I mean, it's so much fun to get to see these people and gain all the interest and the success you have coming out of that and just getting ready for the big, bigger raise in the future. It also helps that Carrie got to walk around and say, hey, our first quarter growth was 130% growth versus prior year. That didn't hurt whatsoever. I was just going to say, you know, you, you have had some great announcements around revenue, around some success stories. And so part of the, the reality of being a public company is sharing that news with the public, but, you know, with the trajectory you're on. And certainly in these markets, which there is a requirement for revenue traction, you know, all the things that, that weren't necessarily a thing in 2021 today, whether you're a company looking to go public or getting investor interest. And so it's exciting to hear that you are getting the reception from that growth that you are, I mean, you guys are executing on your business plan and you are telling investors that story. Well, when we first launched and we put out our forecast to the marketplace, Carrie and I looked at each other and were like, this is no layup because we were forecasting it to be 73% above where last year's sales were. And now, you know, here you go. You look at our trajectory. We're creating a new trajectory. And, you know, our, our second quarter financials aren't out yet. And I, Delilah, I so wish I could tell you everything that's that's in those. But <laughs> but at the same time, it's important that people keep an eye on those press releases because we have nothing but great news to share. And, and, uh, and we're really excited about that. I was going to say, that's the hard part is, you know, you have to learn that what you can say and what you can't say, because you're so excited sometimes. And like you want to say it, but after a while, like we catch each other. It's like, oh, stop in your tracks. Like you can't say that yet. It hasn't been reported, but it's fun. Yeah, it's par part of the learning process, but you guys are on it. I have no doubt. So what's next for your bay? I mean, for us, it's really, it's uh, it's expansion, it's innovation. You're going to see some incredible press releases coming out in the very near future that we hope are really going to excite the community about not only where we are currently as a company and our current growth trajectory, but where the future can possibly go. And really, we're building a great brand one city at a time instead of trying to spread across the entire country like peanut butter. And, and we love to win in the markets that we're already in and then expand to the next strategic market. And, and to give you the size of the prize, Delilah, there's over a million retail outlets in the U.S., we're in 14,000. We have a long ways to wow. go, right? <laughs> and and we're hitting these growth rates, not by growing through just expansion. I mean, our same store sales, they're climbing. Nielsen spins reports are showing extremely positive growth numbers on behalf of our company. And we're looking for many, many more years to come of this. Well, we're excited to watch your success. So maybe one of our last questions, what surprised you the most about going public? Or what do you wish that you had known then that would have shifted? So for your fellow CEOs listening to this, this episode, what would you tell them about the going public process? I think that it's a really time-consuming process that can be intense at times. And you might have some uncertainties that you're unsure of, but having a strong internal team 
can help you take care of a lot of that stuff. And picking your outside external advisors is really important too. And I think that's where you came in a lot for us is introducing us to the connections of the professionals that we needed in Canada to help hold our hand through the whole process. So it's inevitable that this is going to be, before you do it, a time-consuming process. But some of the things you just can't imagine happening or the time constraints. And like when everyone's telling us it's two jobs, you have two full-time jobs now. And that internal team, to have that strong internal team is so important. The other thing too, I would say is like, I am so thankful that the exchange had the growth accelerator program for us and helping us educate, sending us to the go public school, which was a full day of virtual training. You know, all those things help. And it's really seems scary at first, but with everyone that you have around you, it just made it much more seamless. And we thank the exchange for all the the support and education that they gave to us as well. I mean, really what helps us stand out in that crowd is, you know, if you're going and you're talking to a retailer or you're talking to a distributor or somebody that's going to stock our product in some way, shape or form, and they have a choice between us and a private company they can see where we are, who we who we are, what we stand for. It's all written. It's in the public domain. All the information can be found out about us that's out there in the marketplace. And truly, I think what, what really surprised me more than anything else is, you know, the credibility that comes along with being a publicly traded company was something that we didn't anticipate. And it truly surprised us. And it's helped move the company forward even faster than what we had anticipated. Well, one thing I will say about the two of you that I really appreciated is just your really thoughtfulness and your slow and steadiness to the whole process, because there were hiccups as there always are. And then it was the 2021 record year. And then, and then you know, then things crashed and you just held steady and you just were very, very focused on the, the goal and you weren't worried about as much about timing, et cetera. And you just really worked through it. And it was just really impressive to watch you do that. Well, thank you for that. Thank you, Dolan. We appreciate that. Before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like either fellow CEOs listening or potential shareholders to know about your bay and the process or just what you guys are are up to? Anything else you'd like to to leave the listeners with? Stay tuned for more that we can't say on this call. (laughs) I can give it a positive endorsement. Contact Delilah because, quite frankly, if you are going to to explore this type of process, Delilah, you were an incredible coach and mentor yeah. to Carrie and I, and and we've found you know through our discoveries with your assistance, we've we have found some incredible partners that are really just truly making our company that much better every day. So thank you, and thanks for having us on this. Delilah. Thank you. We are grateful. Thank you for being part of the the TMX Group family. We look forward to seeing your continued growth and success and graduating up to TSX one day. Thank you for listening to TMX Presents, the podcast. And thank you to Carrie and Todd Gibson for joining us. Your Bay Brands trades on TSX Venture Exchange under the ticker YERB.U. For more information on TSX and TSX Venture as a capital option for U.S. companies, visit us.tsx.com. And for more insights from capital markets leaders and my TMX colleagues, please visit tmx.com slash POV. Thank you and have a great day.